Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 59, Work Through the Present. It's a new year, and the temptation to cast on something new is intense. It doesn't help I've just finished spinning up two gorgeous skeins of yarn, one which will make for an amazing infinity scarf that I'm probably going to end up designing, and the other enough for a completely delicious shawl that would make a great statement in the fashion show at Fiber Week. But I'm trying to hold firm. I've decided that I must finish two projects that are in the works before I cast on something new. That way, even though a lot of my projects are quite large, eventually I will get through them and not have an insane number on the needles. Besides, the needles I need to use are currently stuck in other projects at the moment. I need to work through the present before I can take steps into the future. This may be a philosophy I need to apply to other parts of my life as well. The impending return to work tomorrow does not fill me with joy and glee. I won't be able to take a daily nap, work on my master spinner homework nearly as much, or spend my days knitting, cooking, and generally taking care of myself first. The return to work also means the return to regular routines. Paychecks and bills, proper food at proper times, and an alarm that goes off before my circadian rhythm wants to let me out of sleep. I find myself yearning for something new in my daily life, something to break up the mundane. I want to cast on a new life. But that desire does not mitigate the realities of the present. We have bills and a mortgage. My health is riding a fine line and needs attention. I enjoy my job, and there is possibility for extended responsibilities in the near future. I have some time every day to work on fiber arts. I have great friends and family, and spend time with them often. Even with its ups and downs, this is not a bad life. In fact, for some people, it probably sounds like a dream come true, the kind of future they would like to have for themselves. There is nothing wrong with my present. I fully and truly admit that. But I also admit that it is fair for me to feel restless. We've been in the new house for over a year now. I've been at my job for six, and I've been in Master Spinner for five. Even the podcast is into its third year. The challenges of daily life have lost their luster. I am in the middle of that big knitting project, a sweater or an afghan or one of those ridiculously huge shawls I keep casting on, where you're as far away from the beginning as you are from the end, and it doesn't seem like you'll ever get there, but you have too much invested into it to stop. It's a tricky place to be, in life more so than in knitting. In knitting, if you're not really feeling it, you can switch projects or cast on something new, or if all else fails, tear the whole thing back and use the yarn for something else. In life, well, that's a little different. New challenges are not necessarily harder to come by, but you still have to acknowledge the realities of your life and see how much new challenge you can fit in with everything else. And for me, despite my desire for a sense of newness, I have to admit that I just don't have room or energy for much of a new challenge right now. I spent a lot of time thinking over the Christmas break, as I promised. 
The fact that each afternoon I would reach a point where I needed to lay down, not just wanted to, was an eye-opener for me, a real indication of how close to the line I've been riding my health. And yet, in regular life, there isn't an option for that hour's rest in the middle of the day. How much challenge can I fit into a life where getting through a normal day is challenge enough? Just like with my knitting, I need to work through my present before I can take steps into the future. Therefore, I need to reframe my daily life so it doesn't seem to be so mundane. And since I know my health is one of the big challenges before me, I will do that one first. I will work my way through a 12-week daily walking program. I will cook and eat good food, even if I think I'm too tired to do it. I will go see my doctor and check in on things. I will do stretches and strength training, even if it takes time away from fiber arts. I will prioritize how I feel, make that the new challenge in my life, and go from there. This isn't a New Year's resolution, though it might sound like it. What it is, is an acknowledgement of reality. If I want to cast on a new life at some point in my near future, I need to work through my present. And the biggest thing holding me back in my present is my health. Fibromyalgia is a tricky thing, a catch-22 syndrome. The more you hurt, the less you do, and therefore the more you hurt. I have let myself get caught in that the last few months, and it has narrowed the scope of my future. And I've had enough. There is a new future out there for me, sometime, somewhere, and I'm stepping towards it, one small challenge at a time. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, I am over halfway done level five. Not quite as far as I wanted to be uh, today, but I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm at 27 skeins in my workbook out of 47, and then the final project. Now, the reason I'm not any further is because on the 30th, uh, towards the end of the day, started getting a pain in my thumb, which gradually started swelling. And by, that was Wednesday, and by Friday, um, some blood had come to the surface. And by yesterday, I had a very massive blood blister right on the joint of my drafting thumb, which was very fascinating. I took it to the doctor and they had no explanation. And, and uh, yeah, so randomly I have a burst blood vessel in my thumb and yeah, I can still knit because uh, knitting with that particular hand doesn't require moving the thumb very much. But spinning is my drafting hand, and there's a lot of pressure um, that I put on that joint. So I've decided to just <laughs> leave it alone until it goes away. My what I've looked at online says it takes a week, week or two to heal. It's already feeling better, so I think it's done getting worse anyway. So that's at least good. But uh, that kind of really messed up my plans to get to at least 30 skeins, if not 35. But I got 27. So that was good. I finished off the Angora. I'd spun up the uh, the Angora Merino. I used a purple Merino and a gray Angora. Really, really pretty yarn. And then I did the Yak blends as well. I used some Yak down that I'd purchased, uh, split with a friend of mine. 
a long, 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 long time ago. And uh, it turns out that this particular yak uh, wasn't washed. Like it was, it was basically raw yak. So when I, when I washed it afterwards, got uh, pretty dirty water. So that was interesting. But all of those yarns turned out really, really nice. Soft and, and really, you know, picking up all of the really good qualities of each individual fiber. So that was good. And uh, then I moved on to uh, the next module, which I don't remember the, the number of, but it's the color novelty yarns. And they're fairly easy. The first one is a spin, uh, spinning yarn that with two colors of roving held together. I've done that once before. I think in level three. I'm pretty sure in level three. And then, uh, and then chain ply. I did that twice because my first chain ply ended up being nine yards. And my second one was just barely 10 yards, but I'm not going to, I'm going to call it 10 yards and not do it again. And, uh, and then the three color Rolag. So what with the three color Rolag, you put three colors on your hand cards, card it very carefully to keep them separate and then roll a Rolag. And then another one with exactly the same weights and, and distribution of fiber. And then spin them both and ply them together and they should line up. So, uh, so that was very mathy and, and it has to be. So I weighed out one gram each of, of three colors. I carded up four row legs and I only needed two. So I did, I did four, so four, one gram pieces. And then I measured the, the width of my carters and marked off with, with a piece of masking tape the transition area at the one-third and two-third marks. And then put the fiber on and carded very, very carefully and rolled the rolag. And my, so I did red, yellow, and blue. I applied it from blue to red. And my blue to yellow transition was pretty much right on. And then my yellow to red transition, I was off by about three quarters of a yard. I was like, ah, oh, do I do it again? I have two more Rolex. I'm going to save the two Rolex and maybe try it again. And if it's a, if it's better, then I will put that one in instead. In the meantime, I, I put it in. I'm not, I'm not unhappy with it, um, but it's not quite as even as, as maybe it could have been. And then the last one was a heathered yarn. Take four colors of a roving and card it together so that it's still PC, but a little more blended, and then spin that. I have two left in this module, uh, the garneted yarn, which strikes me as odd. I'm not sure how it's going to work. You you card a roll leg, and just before you roll it, when you're doing your last card, you throw on little cut-up bits of yarn and then spin it. I'm like, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll find out. And then the yarn inspired by a picture. And I'm still working on my picture. I want to do a yarn inspired by um, an, an image done by Ryan Bliss of Digital Blasphemy. And I'm still deciding which one I want to do. There's one that would work quite well. But I kind of want to do one of his space ones, not one of his planet-based ones. So we'll see. I'll I'll keep figuring that out. I have a while. This, um, At the very least, I'm going to leave it until next weekend before I spin again. Uh, with my with my thumb. So it's not bad, 27. I'll take it. It's over half. 
And uh, and then after that, we move on to the uh, the twist per inch skeins, which I think the way I'm going to do it, because you don't know if it's worked until it's washed and dried. So I'm going to spin one and then move on to uh, something in a different module and then, you know, wash and dry it and all that. And I'm going to approach it that way because at the very least, then I'm still getting something done if it fails. But uh, but we'll see. So getting there, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been this far ahead on at the beginning of January on a, on any homework except for level one. So I will take it. So moving back to level three, we're we're actually almost done. We uh, the the next module I want to talk about is uh, C six, which is spinning yarn for specific uses. So in this module, you had three uses that you had to spin for. A baby outfit, a summer top, and outerwear for winter. So with this module, it's really, what you really have to do is plan. And you have to kind of think about what what is this end use that you're looking at. So with a baby outfit, you want it to be easily washable. And you, you do want it to be fairly hard-wearing. The summer top, you want it to be, you know, cool, light and airy. Um, although I, I, I did in class, I, I did say, you know, with all the air conditioning, you could pretty much just wear a wool sweater in the summer. And, and uh, yeah, that was, they, they specifically wanted something for wearing outside. And then outerwear as well. You're looking for something that's going to capture the warmth and, uh, and hold up fairly well. So with this, my summer top skein, I really, really liked. I did a three-ply uh, green cotton, and in one of the plies, I added in some silk noil, blue silk noil. And it made for a really, really interesting yarn with just that touch of texture from the noil. And made made a very, very lovely swatch, and with lots of lots of drape. I'm just looking at it right now. Lots of drape and lots of interest. So, you know, if... If I was up to it and wanted to, I would totally make a whole bunch of this and knit a summer top out of it. My yarn for a baby outfit I wasn't as happy with. It was one of the last yarns I did. And I spun up a single each of four, the four colors of cotton. Four? Three. Four? I have no idea anymore. Hang on. Baby outfit. Yes, four. I had four colors of cotton. So brown, green, and then two naturals. And I spun this to TPI. And that's where I went wrong. I spun it at a t- I, I, I made did the math for a tight TPI. And it balanced, but it has a very, very heavy and harsh hand. So it's not as soft as it probably should be for a baby. And, and did, I did mention that in my write-up. I said, it, you know, it'll, it'll do well for an outerwear, but probably not next to the skin on a baby. And it'll hold up well because it is quite tight, but the hand is just not there. And then my outerwear as well, I spun that uh, uh, woolen uh, quite tightly so that it uh, will reduce the pilling and worked out great. So I was pretty happy with the planning that I did, 
where I where I feel I fell down was I I didn't have the the knowledge of the relationship between twist per inch and plies and the character of the yarn because I was spinning for TPI on the one. So that's just practice and, and, you know, doing a lot of spinning to TPI and figuring out what it looks like, you know, what, where's that, where's that happy spot between grist and twist per inch and plies. So once I'm done level six and I'm all done and done master spinner, I'm going to spend, I think quite a bit of time practicing and figuring out what that happy spot is and maybe, you know, write a handout about it or teach a class in it or something. But, uh, but that's, it's, it's definitely a practice thing and figuring out where that happy medium is, the, the grist, the TPI and the ply. So if you're in level three and you're approaching this, give yourself time to have some failures. I really didn't want to submit the, uh, the baby yarn, but I ran out of time. I mean, I got, I got a good mark on it anyway, because I acknowledged the down, the downside to it, but it is not the yarn I wanted to submit. So that's my only advice is to give yourself time to fail, basically. And that's good advice for any module that you're doing. Um, when I come to the TPI skeins in level five, I'm going to be failing a lot. And that's why I want to start them now and keep working on them as I work on, through the rest of the, the workbook. So. We are down to only a couple of modules left in level three, and then we can move on to level four. So that's, that's good. And uh, yeah, so like I said, I'm taking a week off of spinning, period, just to let my thumb heal. It's really ugly, guys. Don't, don't ever, I have no idea how I did it, but I somehow, yeah, anyway. If I, if I could give you any advice as to how to avoid it, I would. I have no idea how I did it, so I can't. But I don't wish this on anybody. So I'm going to let it heal, and then I'm going to get back into level five, starting with those two yarns uh, for the color novelty yarns, and then moving on to TPIs. <laughs> Fiber notes. The other thing I wanted to accomplish over the Christmas break was to clear off my e-spinner, my Hansen, because I want to use that for my final project. But I had three full bobbins of five, and if I want to do a two or a three ply, I need to. I needed to clear some bobbins, so I I did do that as well. I, it might have been the chain plying on the Wednesday that caused my thumb to do its weird thing. I have no idea. I don't see how, but I'm grasping at straws here. So the the stuff that I had on the e-spinner, I had two bobbins of, it was two bats from my friend Kara at Spin Heart Spin. I know it's merino. And I know it's carbonized bamboo, but I think there's something else in it, and I'm not sure what. If it had a label, it's it's gone, and I'm not sure where it is. But it makes made for a really, really lovely two-ply, and I have about 420 yards of it. So that would be really good for 
some kind of shawl. So it's a it's a yellow merino and then the little bits of carbonized bamboo. So a little bit of visual interest and really, really nice. And then I had one bobbin, which was 100 grams of abstract fibers, 50% merino and 50% silk. And it was dyed in the colorway poppies. And so I that's the one I chain plied. It took me about three hours. For about the first hour and a half, I was trying to figure out I know how to chain ply, but it's when you're doing a lot of it, you need to get into a comfortable rhythm. And it took me about an hour and a half to figure that out for me, for myself. I should really take notes on what is comfortable for me because I don't do it very often. But uh, hopefully I remember for next time. So that took three hours to ply that, and it's gorgeous. I have about 380 yards of that. And because it's a, it's a progression of color, it goes um, from... It goes yellow, let me see here, yellow, orange, pink, purple, pink, orange, yellow. So it goes through the the yellows and the purples four times. And it starts in yellow and ends in purple. So I have ideas, I was asking people what they thought it would be good for, and we kind of decided on the an infinity scarf, cowley type thing. I started looking on Ravelry for ones that would take about that yardage in a fingering weight. And I didn't really like any of them that I found. But I thought, well, I could probably just design something. So I'm thinking about that. But I am waiting until I finish one of my current projects on the go. I'm just sort of tossing around some ideas if I want to do lace or if I want to do just textural for this particular cowl. While I'm deciding that, I'm working on other things. So what am I working on? Well, I am crazy and have lots of large projects and no real small ones, which go figure. The smallest one I have is the socks that I'm knitting for my friend. I am past the heel and just about done the gusset. So I'm really, really close on that second sock to being finished. So that's good. So there'll be one, there'll be one finish there fairly, fairly soon. The, the, there's only one small issue and and that's because I'm still on the gusset and it's not quite even. There's one needle where the previous needle rubs up against my thumb and it really kind of hurts a lot. But once I'm done the gusset, that shouldn't be an issue anymore. So I'll keep working on those. Those are easy to carry around and take to say, for example, work and work on that on my breaks and get those finished. So that'll be one down. The other two that I'm working on right now, or trying trying to be exclusive to, um, one is the uh, Yarn Fairies in My Garden Mystery Knit Along from Donna Dracunas from this past summer. I finished Clue 5, I've just started Clue 6, and I've just started the fourth of five balls of yarn. And this is fingering weight, regular skeins, so 400 yards, and I've got a ways to go. Every row now is over 700 stitches, and it's continuing to increase uh, eight per pattern row. So that's a lot. And yeah, the rows are taking quite a long time. I I was working on them while I was watching some TV, and it took more than one episode of, a, of an hour-long drama to knit a row. So it's <laughs> it's going to be a while. But the issue is that with that particular project is that the tips that I'm using 
are so sharp that I knit a hole into my left hand and my left index finger when I do too much. And I've done too much. I have a pretty nice gap there that if I if the tip goes into it, yeah, that hurts a lot. So not only does my right thumb hurt, but my left finger as well. So I put that aside for the moment to let that heal. And I'm working instead on the shawl that I was knitting along with the class, uh, my design, the, the learning to fly. And I finally got to 50% of the yarn. Finally. I think it was nine and a half body repeats before I got to 50%. So I've started on the second section. So the lace on two sides, I've got two rows done because I just got there yesterday to 50% and I was working on it a lot. So I'm going to do the, the lace on two sides section. If my math is still, if my ratios are still right, I need to use up 17 more grams. I don't think the 14 grams of, uh, or the 14 rows of the lace on two sides section is going to do it. So I'm going to complete those, weigh it and see how far along I am. And then figure out how many more times I need to increase to get to a multiple of seven plus one, which is what I need for the knit on border. And go go to there as long as it's not going to take me too far past the, the one third left. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to weigh what's remaining. I'm going to knit two pattern repeats of the knit on lace border and then weigh the yarn again just to make sure I have enough yarn. So that's my plan. Lace weight. Oh my goodness. It's just, it just seems to go on forever. So we'll see. The last 10 rows took five grams. So 14 rows should take me about 15, maybe a little more. We'll definitely have to see. But uh, but it's looking gorgeous, and those particular needles don't hurt my finger, so I can knit on that all the time. So those are the three that I'm focusing on right now. Once one of those drops off, I'll, I'll spend all my time on, on one of the others or I'll split between the two of them because they're, they're both huge projects. They're just, I'm only half done the, the one shawl, the, 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 the learning to fly. And I've got 800 more yards of, of yarn to knit for the, in my garden. I don't know why I do these huge projects. (laughs) They're just never going to end. They will. I just have to work on them. But, uh, but while I'm working on those, I'll be thinking about what to do for a, for a cowl. So that's what I've got on the go right now. And yes, I'm, I'm going to stick to my finish two and cast on one. Will I have cast on one by the next episode? Probably not, but you never know. By the wayside. Between Christmas and working on a few things, I only got one night of work in on Christmas elegance in the last three weeks. But I got quite a bit done. Um, I decided to work from the bottom up so that, you know, eventually I can 
figure out this is this is going to be interesting because you, you know the beads you still want the tension on the fabric but as you roll the beads on the roller bar you also don't want to crush the beads so i'm probably what i'm going to end up having to do is get some sort of thick towel or something like that and roll that along with the the fabric just to protect the beads so I'm working from the bottom up, so eventually I will start rolling, like I said, a towel in with it and and just get that done. So it's, uh, there's a lot of beads, <laughs> but, uh, but it's looking pretty. Um, in the, in the one section on her dress, I think I've basically only got the gold beads left. And so any fabric that you see in the picture there. Uh, on the the red part of her dress yeah that's all gold beads all of it so I will be working on that hopefully by Friday my thumb will be a little bit more dexterous that's one of the reasons why I didn't work on it this week was I basically couldn't bend my thumb and I didn't think that was a very good idea so hopefully by then my my thumb will be able to bend a little bit more I'll have a bit more fine motor control and we'll be able to work on Christmas elegance this Friday. Thank you for joining me for episode 59. By the Fiberside is a mostly bi-weekly podcast, but I look forward to bringing you episode 60 on January 17th, 2016. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at bythefiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside. <laughs>